You're tuned in to the ETPU Sportsnet, and this is the Texas Tiger Podcast. We're live from the Texas Tiger Studios for our Texas Tiger podcast here on the campus of East Texas Baptist University. You know it. We know it. It's the best podcast out there. I'm Kenneth K. Rock Klein along with Mark T. Robinson. We got a lot of stuff to get into, but before we do, we got some sad news to report. The groundhog saw his shadow six more weeks in winter. So depressing and so upset. But you know what? Man. I know. It's so sad. But you know what? I thought about this the other day, Mark, and I said, you know what? If we can overcome a pandemic by playing sports, we can overcome six more weeks of frigid temperatures. And folks, we got a lot of sports to get into. We're excited about this. Mark, how are you feeling right now? Well, I'm not feeling good with that terrible news to start off our podcast. But one of the best feel-good moments of this past week was not the wins from the men's and women's basketball teams, not the wins from the softball teams, but... In the post-game interview with head women's basketball coach Blake Arbogast, he had a special guest on there. So oh. his, his son gave uh, an appearance. That was that was pretty cool. I know. That was so great. It's always nice, especially for Blake Arbogast, his first-year head coach. He and his wife, of course, had their uh, son prior to the start of the season and prior yeah. to being named the head women's basketball coach at ETBU. So definitely a great moment for Blake Arbogast as well and a great moment for his team as well. Two more wins, a program setter, 16-0. and Man, can you ever think about your sweet 16 birthdays the way the ETBU is winning games right now, Mark? <laughs> no, not really, but it is definitely a tremendous um, thing that they're doing historically for this program, something that has never been done, and it just seems like every week another player steps into the spotlight and takes over. This is a team that is going to be difficult for anybody in this conference or anybody outside of the conference to have to deal with. Blake Arbogast is doing a fantastic job. I know we're going to dive into that coming up, but, man, it's just been incredible to watch. We are witnessing history, Kenny, right now. Absolutely, indeed. History. ETBU winning two games against LC and Bellhaven, 91 and 97 points for them in the two games as well. And another American Southwest Conference Player of the Week, probably somebody that you know, played a lot on the bench, but this past week really stepped up big for ETPU. We're talking, of course, about Brooke Webster. I mean, 17 points in the first game, 12 in the second game. She was just really a phenomenal asset for ETPU in those two wins as well. So again, it, this is a team that doesn't have any one superstar. They're always going to be fighting for a chance to be the top player, but at the end of the day, it's all about the ultimate goal, is that's to win as a team. And they've done that for 16 games as well, and looking to do that more this week. Meanwhile, the men's basketball team, I can't believe I'm saying this finally, but they're on a hot streak right now. They've won six of their last seven games as well. They picked up two wins against LC and uh, Bellhaven as well. But I feel like, Mark, the best thing about the men's basketball team is that they actually did a tremendous job defensively in holding down the best players for both teams, the top scorers, down to a minimum. I mean, you're talking about a guy that came in averaging 28 points, was named ASC East Player of the Week last week, and then another player who had 36 in the previous game. They held them down in check, and I thought that was the biggest reason for their victories. Yeah, they not only held him in check, I mean, he was completely uh, locked up. I mean, the guy, uh, Karan Baker, that we're talking about for first for LC, had 36 points prior in the game against UTD. 
He was held to not 18, not just kind of 20 here and there. He only had seven points on just 10 shots. I mean, they did a fantastic job paying attention to detail, pressuring, keeping the ball out of his hands. That's something that head coach Chris Lovell has really been preaching to his team is keep the ball out of the best player's hands. That's what we want. And then they turn around, do just about the same thing against the Bellhaven game. Bellhaven is a team that scores about 87 points per game. Not only did they only reach 56 Their best player only had about 14 points on maybe 11 shots. Yeah, he was 5 for 11 uh, from the field. So if they can play defense like this, I don't think there's many teams that stand a chance as far as uh, knocking this team off once tournament time comes. You know, Their attention to detail, their pressure defensively is going to set them apart. They're starting to get into it. I feel like this team really can make all these moves. We saw we saw how good they can be this past week when they play as well. And I think if they play like this, they're going to be a hard team to stop in the upcoming conference tournament and beyond if they get there. But let's move on now to women's and men's soccer. They finally had their debuts this week, uh, this past weekend, took in, taking on LSU Shreveport, uh, the men's team. It was kind of a wild, crazy final five minutes, but unfortunately, they came up on the short end, losing 2-1. to one. The lone goal scored from Dominic Wood as well. Uh, but in the meantime, though, the ETBU women's soccer team, a 2-1 to one victory over the pilots of Louisiana State University Shreveport. Goals coming from Ashley Rondon and Kibiana Bonner, while Maddie Ray only had one half, but a shutout with two saves and was able to keep uh, the game tied until Bonner scored the game winner. And, of course, Maddie Ray was named the American Southwest Conference Defensive Player of the Week. Guess who was named the American Southwest Conference Offensive Player of the Week? Ashley Rondon. So ETB is sweeping the awards uh, on both circuits, but soccer teams... Finally able to get back on track, Mark, and I'm telling you what, watching and hearing about those teams, it's going to be interesting to see how they play, especially given the fact that this is the first time all season that they're playing into, uh, ever in their program history, that they're playing into the uh, spring season. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of firsts uh, in that regard for everybody going around here uh, at ETBU and everybody across the conference. But you look at what this team was able to do, 16 shots on goal. They limited LSUS to just 11 or 16 shots total. They limited LSUS to 11 total, 11 shots on goal, three from LSUS, you know, and they did a fantastic job of keeping the ball primarily on their end of the field. This is something that this women's team has been pretty good at over the last uh, several years. But to come out after not playing for about seven to eight months and then coming out and picking up a big win, that's huge, especially on the road. And this is going to give them a lot of confidence going forward. And this next one is going to be here at home. So I'm expecting a, a pretty decent turnout, and I'm expecting... Uh, this team to continue to pick up the slack, although this Piedmont College team coming in, uh, they've won some championships uh, overall over the last four years, especially. This is a solid program that they're about to be facing. So, again, they were able to sweep the awards this week, which shows the talent of this program. But they're going to have a big challenge coming up uh, this Friday. Indeed. Friday night will be very exciting as ETBU takes on Piedmont on the women's side, Centenary on the men's side. So it'll be two tough games against two quality opponents as well. And one final, uh, one more team that actually got their season started, cross country. Now they took, they went down to Memphis, Tennessee to take part in the Rhodes College Invitational. And on the men's side of things, Mac Broussard, 
Yeah, I mean, seventh place after all. I mean, that was insane for him to reach the top 10, especially in all those other great competitors as well. But, folks, uh, we're going to be talking to R.J. Miller in our interview uh, later on in the podcast as well. And he talked about how uh, this team was probably getting a little bit rusty um, and all that, just trying to guess they're getting themselves back on track as well uh, for the season as well. But I'm really starting to like what this ETBU uh, cross-country team on the men's side is coming up with. And a women's team as well, you know, another decent performance. But just, I mean, the fact that these p- teams are starting to run, especially, again, in the spring semester, it's definitely going to be interesting to see how this team pans out. Well, one of the things that people don't realize is that and with me being a former track athlete and running. Of course. Um, yeah, I had to throw that in there, of course, Kenny. But one of the things that people don't realize is that they're playing, well, playing, but they're competing in only about three, maybe four total races this year. And normally it's around seven to eight. So their level of competition is cut to half. So that means they have to reach their goals as a team much quicker. Normally it takes – a lot of athletes, especially in a sport like this, around the midway point to reach their full form, sometimes even the second to last meet or so of the year. It takes a little bit to get to where you want to be as it being an individual sport. But I'm looking at what this team has been able to do. One of the things I will say about this men's squad first is that they did a great job of running as a pack. You know, like you said, we're going to hear from RJ coming up and he's going to talk about just how great or just how good of a turnout it was for the team's first meet. But this is a team that they did a great job of occupying the top 20s and 30s. You know, we talk about Matt getting seventh place, but the promising thing is that with this team coming out in the first race, getting inside the top 20, inside the top 30, I mean, the sky is the limit. And I'm excited to see how they respond and how they move forward this year, balancing what will be a difficult schedule because uh, they're headed back to uh, they're headed to West Texas actually this week. I know to the old friendly confines of Abilene, a great place to run, and definitely looking forward to see how they pan out as well. All right, folks, we got a lot of sports going on this weekend, so pay attention. We're gonna have a pop quiz after the show. I'm just kidding, but just in case, Mark. I was down. gonna say I was I didn't study. <laughs> <laughs> That's why it's called a pop quiz, Mark. You don't expect <laughs> things like you never prepare to study and everything. All right, folks. With that in mind. We're going to step aside for a moment, but when we come back, we got a very special segment we like to get into, and you will not want to miss out on that when we come back. At Whataburger, how do you make something that's already fresh even fresher? By adding fresh new things, like crisp pico de gallo for a little kick, and creamy cilantro lime sauce for that extra whoa, and two slices of pepper jack cheese, because of course... That's three new fresh things on top of two fresh beef patties, which all adds up to Whataburger's new limited-time Pico de Gallo burger. Good thing for fresh things. Good thing there's Whataburger. On June 23, 1972, Congress signed into law a clause in the 1972 Federal Education Amendments known as Title IX, which stated that no person in the United States shall, on the basis of sex, be excluded from participation in, be denied the benefits of, or be subjected to discrimination under any education program or activity receiving federal financial assistance. And that, of course, is a, was a big monumental occasion because that was the, what led to uh, 
women's athletics becoming a big thing in all of colleges across campuses. And uh, for this edition, we are going to be paying tribute to all the female athletes here at East Texas Baptist University and, you know, asking them what it, what it means to them to be a female athlete on an NCAA campus as well. And, you know, Mark, I feel like, you know, when it comes to ETBU, I feel like most of the success has come from our female teams as well. You're talking about softball winning a national championship, reaching the College World Series on a couple of occasions, and as well as ASC titles. You talk women's basketball winning a conference championship, ETBU women's tennis winning a conference championship as well. It's been such a surreal thing, like, you know, how these female athletes are usually ranked among some of the best, or female teams ranked among some of the best schools across the country uh, when it comes to success in all that. And I feel like that's a gratitude to the athletes that ETBU has been fortunate enough to bring in as well. One of the things that I've enjoyed watching is just the fact that if you look at our most successful sports here at ETBU over the last couple of years, it's been the women's sports. You know, yes, hockey's done well. Men's basketball is always competing uh, for a championship over the last several years, but softball, they were 15-0 last year, and they've won several conference championships, and including a national championship in 2010. And women's basketball winning the championship in 2018 have a very good chance of winning another one this year, 16-0. So it's not always going to be the guys that are on top. Sometimes it, it'll be uh, our women's athletes. And where you look at the sport, and it's not going to be as much athleticism as far as there is on the men's side but fundamentally you know sometimes some of the women are better fundamentally than some of the men and their attention to detail but without any further ado we have several head women's coaches on our staff and we're going to hear from head women's soccer coach Kristen Cox head acro coach Farrah Dunaway head softball coach Janae Shirley head volleyball coach Darby Graff I'm so glad we have days like today to remind others of the growth of women's sports and to continue to inspire female athletes and other coaches. The increase in power, strength, and resilience of women's sports all over the world in the past few years has been incredible to watch and be a part of. Our future is bright. I didn't set out to be part of athletics after college, but God had a plan for my life involving sports And without the ability to participate as a female athlete, I would not be the wife, I wouldn't be the mother, and I certainly wouldn't be the professional that I am today. And being a university that really respects and honors female athletics and women in sports, um, there's so much stuff that they can get from being a part of a softball program and being part of a team that we're just glad to be able to provide that opportunity for them that's going to give them um, life in a lot of areas later on. As we recognize Women in Sports Day, we especially celebrate the young women who have had and currently have the opportunity to use their God-given talents to compete and give God the glory as Tigers here at ETBU. We are thankful for the growth that has happened and continues to happen to allow women to compete in the sports that we love. Once again, great to hear about the success and, and their personal experience. You know, it, it's just, it just says something about one of the things I really love about our job is that we get to sit down and talk to people and really get their perspective and really hear their side of the story and really get to understand 
their train of thought. How different people see the world. It's great to celebrate women in sports. It's great to celebrate the fact that we finally, since 1972, been smart enough to include women in sports and understand that what they bring only heightens how we view sports. So it's been an enriching experience, and I'm looking forward to seeing another several more years of having women's coaches in head coaching positions further down the road uh, and further celebrated in sports. It's not just one specific gender or one specific uh you know, person or and all that. These are NCAA athletes. It does, I mean, regardless. And I feel like that's something that we have to be a little more adherent to as the years go on. And we've done that and we can continue to do that as well. So that is our special segment. Uh, we're paying tribute to all the ETBU female athletes here in uh, East Texas Baptist University. And that's going to do it for this edition. Now, next up, folks, we got our interview with R.J. Miller, cross-country athlete. You will not want to miss out on this one. Stay tuned, folks. We'll be right back. And welcome back to the Texas Tiger Podcast. Kenneth Carroll calling Mark T. Robinson here, the host of the show. And this is now time, the part of the show, where we get to interview an ETBU athlete as well. As all of our sports are starting to kind of get back into the swing of things, one sport that is, you know, getting back into the action is cross country. And we are pleased to be joined by one of the ETBU men's cross country runners as well, a native of Shreveport, Louisiana, which, to be real honest, I sometimes think that's a bit of a hometown edge in Marshall because I feel like you can't really... You don't really travel. You travel about 30 or so minutes from Shreveport to Marshall, which I think is, doesn't really mean you travel any distance. But anyways, anybody from Shreveport is welcome here in Marshall, Texas, and we're pleased to be joined by Rango R.J. Miller. And R.J., good to have you on the show. Thank you for having me, guys. Absolutely, indeed. Man, I mean, obviously, 30 minutes from Shreveport. What what got you uh, to finally decide that, man, I want to run for ETBU? <laughs> well, um, so I was running at a JUCO um, in Bojo City. Louisiana called Bojo Parish Community College and we had um, had a shorter season cross season um, this past year and it was I was in the, it was like November December when uh, Coach Prather texted me one day and asked me if I still wanted to run and and be a part of uh, this program and I came on two visits and I came one by myself and my teammate and then one with my mom and the one with my mom kind of made the decision for me it was that like this this is going to be my new home for the next two to three years for sure and so uh, it was just the presence that this school brought um, it being a Christian background and um, just the coaching staff that she was bringing in and just the team that she was bringing in as well just kind of made that decision easier for me for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah so the transition I feel like for you has been Pretty seamless. It seems like you're fitting in here. You know, you pretty much know everybody right now. But um, how has that kind of helped you to adjust and how has that kind of helped you to, you know, get out there, practice and be able to focus, you know, the fact that you are getting to know everybody? Yeah. Oh, man, dude, since day one, it's been so seamless. Um, The people here, it's like a community. It's like a family. They welcome so many people here every day. Um, whether you're new or old, you know, they're coming with open arms uh, each and every day. And that's what they did with me. And I truly appreciate each and every student here and faculty and staff um, here that has made that tr- tr- transition so much easier uh, for me, um, especially coming from um, a small JUCO that, you know, really you don't really meet too many people because you're in and out because it's just JUCO. You try to get to the next level immediately. And so just coming here, that was one of the biggest concerns 
for me. Uh, having been out of Louisiana for for school uh, was that like how would I fit in? How would I transition? And it's been seamless and it's been amazing uh, since day one. So. Yes, sir. Absolutely, indeed. Now, already, you already had one race under your belt, and just kind of talk about getting back into the flow of running in the meets and though in these cross countries as well. Like, what do you process? Like, especially for a race like that, what what's your mind process going in when you're running like that? Are you just basically running just for the sake of running, or are you trying to figure out? okay, where am I supposed to be? What best position do I want to be at various miles or various points of the race? So like what, take me through the process of a cross country runner. Yeah. So, uh, just going into that race, um, with us, with me having run in almost two years and with most of those boys having almost ran in a year and a half, it was more of just see where we're at, the fit level that we're at mentally and physically. Um, but just to go in there and just compete and have fun and just really understand that, Hey, we get to do this again. You know, we get to enjoy this moment. We get to enjoy something that we love again. And so, that was our biggest thing was to just go in there enjoy it and have fun and we'll worry about the other things later we'll look at the race uh and break it down later but just go in there and have a great race um and enjoy it and that's what my mentality was uh you can definitely see the rust um the rust was definitely there uh with with running and running strategy and just running overall um but i think our coach has done tremendously uh preparing us for these meets and getting us ready in such a unprecedented uh, time right now like with COVID and stuff like that and so it was just we went in there pretty relaxed pretty ready to go we're definitely in shape like I said and just ready to hit as hard as we could as a team um, and so we knew that if we went in there together we we're going to come out of there together as a team and no matter what happened um, that's what it was going to be so right and you speaking of a team you said yesterday we were just kind of talking that you guys as a pack ran really, really well yeah. together. And just looking at the numbers and looking at where you guys finished that, yeah, you guys definitely did a great job of pacing it and uh, running together, kind of staying together all in the same unit. But just kind of talk to me about how much does environment play into running cross country? Because that's what people don't really realize is that certain terrain that you run on, you have to like mentally prepare. Yeah. You have to be used to where you're at. Yeah. So how much does that play into you guys' race? Oh man, does it plays a lot. We take a lot of time, uh, especially when we're going to a course that we're not familiar with. Uh, we go there the day before, we walk it, we run it, we try to mark out spots of when to make transitions, when to make moves, when not to, when to be smart in certain situations. Like the terrain is almost everything. Uh, but like my coach said, we try not to use that as an excuse. We kind of just trying to go with it and, 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 and just hit it as hard as we can. Um, but like this past course in, in Tennessee, uh, it was tricky. Um, from the outside looking in, it looked pretty flat. It looked pretty seamless. But once you got back in the trails, it was all uphill wow. from there. And so like if you went out hard, uh, you almost about screwed yourself yeah. uh, for the backing of the race. Um, and so that was it definitely plays a huge part for sure. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Going in a little more personal in depth, uh, looking at your bio right here, I couldn't help but notice that uh, family, uh, you kind of come from a family of track athletes, at least specifically uh, one of your uncles. He had a stellar track and field career, uh, ran at Louisiana Lafayette, was part of Team Nike, Team Reebok, and was also a part of the United States track and field team during uh, two Summer Olympic Games, 1988 in Seoul and 1992 in Barcelona. Like, 
we're talking about the biggest <laughs> event internationally. Like yeah. we're talking about the Olympics here. Like when when you kind of look back at your uncle, obviously you know what he's what he achieved. He won a silver and a bronze in a high jump, of course, yeah. to clarify. Like when you hear that your uncle was an Olympic athlete, and do people kind of get talk to you about that? Like how what that experience was like? Have you ever asked him like what that experience was like for him? I mean, I, I've asked him so many times. Uh, he's actually one of my biggest role models, um, and it's per- kind of why I'm running track um, and cross country right now. But it's more of I see it as he's my uncle's first. Um, he's family first before anything, and that's how I look at it. Um, and all the other things come after. But there's definitely comes attention to it when you when people understand like hey you're a nephew of a two-time olympian and a lot of people know who he is but i I take it as an advantage uh to pick his brain because i mean he's been at the the highest level that you can possibly be at as far as track and field and so i pick his brain of like how do you go about certain things how do you think about certain things because ultimately that's one of my biggest goals to, to get to the olympics and so i'm like i have this resource that most people may not have and i use it to my advantage uh when i compete and when i choose colleges when i choose races and stuff like that too and so it's definitely a huge advantage and it's definitely a blessing to have him in my corner for sure you ever think about doing a high jump as well or maybe that's what i was was, gonna ask him too (laughs) the funny thing is my coach asked me uh coach zach asked me at the beginning of this year he's like dude you should try high jump i was like nah (laughs) it's just think about it's so much pressure that comes right once people find out who your uncle is it's Mm. like Oh, dude, that's the first question. They don't ask me if I run track. They don't ask me if I run crosses. Mm. Hey, do you jump? I'm like, no, yeah, I keep yeah. two feet on the ground at all. <laughs> that's no, it. that's 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 a smart decision. <laughs> Can't keep two feet on the ground. I don't like going up in the air myself. So I'm like, let him have his moment. I'm gonna have mine. I'm my own person. But that's exactly <laughs> it, for sure. Yeah. And speaking of being uh, your own person, man, you are one of the leaders of, of FCA this year. So just kind of talk to me about how that came about and. As a member or as a, one of the leaders of FCA, you know, some of the things that you're, you're, you're planning to do or uh, what does that mean to you? Dude, it means a ton. Uh, growing up um, back in Louisiana and Shreveport, uh, I spent a lot of time um, a part of FCA. Um, went to schools all around Louisiana speaking and different things like that. And spent a lot of time with LSU, FCA, and Baton Rouge. Um, That's probably one of the biggest aspects of it. Um and I actually took an internship with LSU Baton Rouge about two summers ago for FCA. And that's kind of what sealed the deal for me of being a part of it. But just, I don't know, I, I just like to bring a, a sense of just happiness, a sense of just mm. being a representation of who Christ is, being the salt and the light of who Christ is. And that's what I'm tending to bring into this campus. And, and our team, uh, Sammy Joe, uh, Landon, uh, Jake, they've all done amazing jobs um, at, at um, doing that this year, and I'm just so blessed and honored that she came and asked me uh, to be a part of the team, and it's been great ever since. We had dodgeball last night, which was an amazing mm. turnout. FCA's numbers have skyrocketed this semester, this year, and overall, and so it's just been an amazing experience. I'm just glad to be a part of it. And One of the last things I, I wanted to ask you as well, man, with uh, with a lot of things going on, like in the country, socially, and things like that, this month is Black History Month. So just kind of talk to me about, you know, what does it mean to be, uh, you know, African-American athlete? What does it mean to, you know, be representing your culture uh, during a time like this? Um, I I think it's it's an honor. It's truly a blessing uh, to be a representation of my my family, uh, African-American culture in general, um, because there's not a lot of 
black African-American runners that um, that you know of that are real good. You know what I mean? And so I, I truly take advantage of that. And I truly try to use my platform to share what I've learned and share what I go through. So other young black men and women can understand that, like, hey, I can be in the same position. I can be just like yeah. him or even better than him um, and make a, an impact for this world. Um, because, I mean, like you said, times like this are not the best, but like it's ultimately what you make it. And I think that's what I'm trying to do each and every day is to wake up and try to make the best t- opportunity that I can with it. You know? Right. And so um, it's truly an honor. And I'm excited for Black History Month. Yeah. Um, a lot of fun things. Um, I'm posting like a different um, quote every day from a, um, like a black historian like Martin Luther King Jr., uh, Jr. W.E.B., Du Bois, and just different people like that yeah. to show my appreciation for them. And so that's kind of one of the biggest things that I'm doing right now, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah, sure. yeah no question. I mean, we're obviously, we're continuing to learn about uh, all these issues and everything, right. especially with the, in a time like this where we really need something to kind of rally around and just be united to get an understanding of each other's country. Right. So, well, RJ, thanks very much for joining us on this Texas Tiger podcast. We wish you the best of luck this week and we look forward to hearing more from you and the cross-country team as the season goes on thank you so much thank y'all for having me absolutely indeed that's rj miller and we are going to be right back but when we do mark t robinson as always the juicy's comments we cannot wait to see what detective word he pulled off this time there are several traditions in east texas that just seem to stand out from the rest at juicy's we'd like to think we're one of them Our chicken fried steak sandwiches and 100% choice ground beef burgers have been traditions at our tables for over 25 years. I like quality and freshness and service with a smile. I like my burger done juicy style. Man, that's juicy. All right, folks. Detective work. You've heard of the Pink Panther, Inspector Cuso, Scooby-Doo. Well, we don't have any of those, but we do have Mark T. Robinson with our Juicy's comments made by the coaches as well. I'm only just wishing the coaches were real honest with these sometimes, but you got to go with what you got, Mark, and let's see what our coaches have to say. Mark, let's see what we got. I feel like our coaches are always honest with me, Kenny, whenever they see me coming down the hall, but as we know, Football is upon us starting this week. They'll be taking on Southwestern. So I had to make the trek all the way across campus to talk to one head coach, Brian Maper, and what his team is going to bring this season and what is an abbreviated year for them. So without any further ado, folks, this is what head coach Brian Maper has to say about his team as they hit the road to take on uh, Southwestern. We, we're, we're probably as deep as we've ever been in the offensive line. There's several battles there with uh, some young guys and some seniors, and we've kind of moved some guys around. Uh, so we'll, we'll kind of see how they play in the game. But the good thing is, we, you know, we feel we have a, a really solid two deep um, in the offensive line, so that's great. Same thing in the defensive line. I mean, we're, we're too deep there. We might even be two and a half deep of guys that can play. So it'd be interesting to see how some of those younger guys play when they get an opportunity to step in there. Uh, even though we've gone against each other, um, you really don't know how we're going to play against an opponent. And that's always a question a coach has is, is how we're going to react when when competition on the line and when things uh, – when you have to adjust on the, you know, on a quick instance. And so, again – 
it's it's just going to be uh, just a crazy year. But one of the things that I'm looking forward to seeing from this team is the uh, the quarterback competition because they have right now, as we look at this roster, they have about one, two, three, four, uh, five, six, I think seven, seven quarterbacks or so on this roster right now. And it's going to be interesting to see who's going to take that final spot. He may be playing two a game or so until about the third or fourth game or whatever in this shortened season. But that's one of the things that I'm going to be keeping my eyes on. And they've also brought some tremendous uh, transfer talent in from the wide receiver positions to defensively. They're going to be a little bit more physical. So I'm excited to see how Maper puts this all together, how he's going to be kind of overlooking the success of this program this year. Well, as long as he doesn't alternate quarterbacks with every play, like Tom Landry did that one time for the Dallas <laughs> yeah. Cowboys back in 71, I think that's that's going to be interesting to see how everything plays out. Well, he did do that during the scrimmage. Well, yeah, yeah we but had, well, it was a squad. scrimmage, but we're talking about right, right. actual competition where yeah, sure. this year, obviously, with 10 teams – two divisions of five, the best records, the top teams from each get to play each other. And then, of course, the threes go against the other threes and, you know, and everything. Like, there's a lot riding into this abbreviated season as well. Now, obviously, there won't be any NCAA Division three playoffs, but, but, I mean, this is an opportunity to kind of get some experience in. So that way, by the time the fall season of 2021 comes around, you'll have an understanding of, Hey, I mean, this is a chance to see what this team has this semester. So that way we can get ready for the fall following season or this fall. And hopefully by now, all this COVID stuff kind of dies down and we get a better understanding of how to control it, how to contain it. So that way we can get back to close to normal as we possibly were before all this hit. So yeah. it'll be interesting to see how ETPU football plays. They play this Saturday against Southwestern, and that is something that we'll keep an eye on as well. All right, folks, when we come back, we'll have our final thoughts as far as this week goes. Okay, Mark, uh, one question for you before we go. Uh, Super Bowl, Buccaneers, Kansas City, your money is on who? My money's on the Bucks. I think they're going to win it. It's going to be a three-point game, 33-30. I said it here on the Texas Tire Podcast. Mark Aww. T. Robinson, Mr. Guaranteed. Boom. Oh, Mark. You mean to tell me that in East Texas with the Kansas City Chiefs, where Patrick Mahomes, a native of White House, Texas, is from, you're going to go against the Kansas City Chiefs and pick the Bucks? I said what I said. Well, you know what, Mark? I'm going to add a little fuel to the fire. I'm also going with the Bucks in that one as well. So, sorry, folks. You can't count Tom Brady out as well. Well, that's going to do it for this edition of our Texas Tiger podcast. But before we go, we'd like to thank our sponsors, as always, Dairy Queen of Marshall and Hallsville, Whataburger, Marshall Ford and Maverick Chevrolet, and Juicy's Hamburgers and Tacos. And, yes, those places are open as we speak right now. Yes. So, therefore, uh, you can go in, get a burger, get a taco, and, yeah, just uh, go out there and be supportive of ETPU athletics and thank them for being sponsors as we always do and so mark uh we got a lot to go into we got football we got volleyball i mean soccer started cross country pretty much basketball baseball softball yeah i mean it's gonna get crazy and it's gonna even get crazier next week but we'll get more into that as the week goes on so mark uh one final thought from you before we go you gotta check out the inside of juicies i went last week looks pretty great 
That's all I have to say about that. I'll make a mental note on that as well. All right, folks, that's going to do it for this edition of the Texas Tiger Podcast. For Mark T. Robinson, I'm Kenneth K. Rock Klein saying goodbye, so long, and go Tigers! This is the Texas Tiger Podcast.